All right. Welcome back to the boys of 161st Street, episode 79. Honestly, we got a lot to talk about here. There's some something I got to get out of my chest. There's a rant alert. I'm going to be ranting at some point. I'm going to push that off until like about midway so I can get myself settled, get angry, you know, parental advisory. But we do have a lot to talk about. There's been some good news. There's been some ambiguities. Wow. We don't know what's going on with the DJ, but there's some news nice that we want to get to. And we're going to get to it right here on 161st Street. But before we get to the show, let's get to our sponsor for today's episode, Manscaped. Manscaped. Looking for the ultimate stocking stuffers this holiday season? We'll look no further because our sponsor, Manscaped, have the tools to make you win this year's holiday stocking stuffer or whatever elephant competition or whatever the hell you're trying to do. Manscaped is the only brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and hygiene products. And great news, they just released their product across Europe, Canada, and Australia. So they ship worldwide or wherever the hell you live. I know me, Damon, and everybody else on the show has used these products. Manscaped is everything that they described and more when they say that it's Uh, no nicking there's no electrocuting in the shower all those things that you didn't know you needed that you do need let me tell you they work and you need them so make sure you stock up on those and there's also a few other products that are prime stocking stuffers this season like the crop preserver which is a ball deodorant i mean the name speaks for itself there's also the crop reviver a ball toner a spray on tone that gives your balls a little slice of heaven with their aloe vera and hazel extracts there's the crop cleanser a body wash a full body wash that you can also use on your hair um crop mop ball wipe there's all types of things that they offer everything perfect stocking stuffers ladies if you're listening i've used it my friends have used it guys will love it it's the perfect gift for a guy guys if you're look listening and you need to get something for yourself this is the thing to get so last but not least there's the lawnmower 3.0 the trimmer offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin safe technology which helps reduce grooming accidents and let me tell you from personal experience i've never seen something like this it's actually crazy like there's no nicks no nothing i'm not just bullshitting you uh these formulations are all vegan cruelty free dye free sulfate free paraben free so you know the products are legit get 20 percent off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with code 161 that's code 161 at manscaped.com whether this is for your brother dad friend get something they will actually use and almost sure to get a laugh so make sure you go to manscaped.com code 161 let's get back to the show And if you enjoy the show, please, 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 we'd love it if you guys could give us a five-star rating just where you are right now. Just scroll all the way down on the iTunes app. Just go down to the bottom, click the five stars if you like us. Yeah, we understand if you don't. Damon's kind of weird, but either way, give us the five stars. We appreciate it. Write a review if you want. We'll shout you out on the next episode, but anywho. All right. So, first of all, nice job with the word. Ambiguities? Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Literally, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> well, I'm officially a CPA, so I have to use big words now. You right? do. You really so do. There's no that's, excuse my, that's my responsibility on the pod. So, 
ambiguities aside, we'll get to that. But <laughs> there, there's a, there's a lot I want to get to. But first and foremost, how are we doing? How are you doing, Damon? I'm actually fantastic. I've uh, yeah, I'm doing fucking awesome. Excited to talk about Yankees. Short, I feel like sweet to the point, Chandler. How are you doing? Yeah. Bing, I'm in. Doing good, man. Did you say you're a certified? You you got your CPA now? Yeah, I'm officially a CPA. Good for you, man. Thanks, appreciate it. This isn't about me though. This is about the Yankees. And before, well, if you your taxes done, please hit me up. <laughs> yeah, if you need your taxes done, I can get you going. Um, legally, wink, wink. <laughs> but first thing I wanted to get to was. We talked. It was a little bit earlier in the week, and it was the Kluber news. The Kluber news. I, at first glance, I hadn't even thought about Kluber. He's a free agent, right? No. Um, yeah. He's yeah. a free agent. So I didn't even think about him when we were doing the off-season plan and everything like that. And I don't know why. And when I heard the rumors that the Yankees were going to make him an offer, that they said that too. They said they were going to make him an offer. Not even like they're rumors that they're interested in him they said they were going to make an offer which to me that was awesome to hear and i'm starting to love the idea of having kluber on the team i know i tweeted this out before but like i i love the potential like verlander revival situation of getting a guy like verlander and i got a guy like kluber who is two years removed from a cy young year and he's just been he was there's no i don't even need to get into the details of how good he's been and like obviously he needs to stay healthy and the last thing we need as a yankees team is more injuries because everybody on the team is injury prone but and he has been that as of late the last two years he's been kind of banged up especially last year but i think we can get him for cheap i think if, if he's even of a shell of himself or what he once was two years ago then that's gonna be well worth it plus having a veteran around debbie garcia and clark schmidt like that paired with garrett cole yeah and again we're like the reason why i'm so into it is i really don't think we'll have to spend too much on him i think this is the lowest risk super super high ceiling high reward scenario to get a guy like kluber who has the pedigree it's just a matter of staying healthy for him and as a starting pitcher for that price tag, I don't think there's any reason not to give him. Like I'm thinking, like one year, ten mil. Like yeah, that, I think that's well, well worth it. I, he's definitely like a he's definitely a, a value pickup for sure. Like you get a guy who, like you said, he's struggled with some injuries in the past. But injuries aside, I know it's a, a big if. But injuries aside, and you take like the years that he's played, like they haven't been terrible and what, what was his like crazy year that was um where he kind of went off and then like it was only a couple then he had a couple banged up years but aside from that like i think he could he's only what 34 right maybe, like, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking maybe he could do like a, a he's Verlander. going into his age 35 season yeah and he, he his, like next his like, young year he led the league in Wins with eighteen. I know wins don't really matter. Domingo Herman had like twenty wins. Yeah, but twenty seventeen. I mean, no, I don't know, but no, but he also led the league in ERA at two two five, which is fantastic. He was a Cy Young. There's no need to even like. There's no need to sugarcoat it. He was a damn good pitcher the year before that in 2016. He was a Cy Young three, Cy Young nine before, and he won the Cy Young the year before that in 2014 too. So, to me. And also, also mind you, he was a Cy Young three the year after he won the Cy Young in 2018. So he had another good year. He only really had one down year, and the one down year was because of injuries last year. Yeah. So, 
and it, and he's his value is is at an all time low just because of those exactly. injuries. So it could be it should be an easy pickup for the value. So that's that's what I've been all about. That's why I was a proponent of going after the Voigt the Voigt trade because the sell high, buy low with Lindor. It's just yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, how baseball and business works. And he's at a low low, and I'd be willing to go higher than than ten million yeah. a year because I, I honestly the more I've sat back and looked at this potential opportunity to bring a guy like Corey Kluber. I, I honestly genuinely see a Verlander revival situation. And I'm not just yeah. saying that or trying to speak into existence. I really think that that's a possibility with a guy. Like, cause it's not that crazy to say because Kluber, and when you look at the numbers, like we just said, in the last, if you throw away 2019 and 2020, because 2020 is whatever, he was injured for a month and that was the whole season. So like throw that year away. 2019 injury plagued year. He only started seven games, but every year before that, he was Cy Young one nine three one three consecutively. Yeah, like, that is and unbelievable. I feel and if like you can no get one him for a lower price and have and you're one year basically removed from the, yeah. that. I'm cool with that. It, I mean, we're talking about guys like Severino, and we're ho- like so high on him coming back. And just getting back to like, off injury and how great he was before that, and we're excited for that. That's exactly what Kluber is. He's yeah. only been out for one injury. You know, yeah. it's been one like Tommy John surgery. It's one like like year off. Yeah, that's basically what it's been. I don't know if it's been one or two injuries. I don't know the details. I haven't been following him that closely, but that's the, exactly what it is. And then and to bring like to. I just lost my train of thought. To to open up a little bit on that too, then you get two guys who have a high ceiling in Severino and him and and Garrett Cole, yeah. and then two young guys in Clark Schmidt, and Debbie Garcia, and then Montgomery, Domingo, whatever you want to do with the rest of those guys. But I really love the idea because you bring in Kluber and you go a championship run, maybe one year, maybe two two year deal, and you don't need to go after a guy like Bauer because honestly, if we're being Dead serious right now. I'm going to say it. I may like Corey Kluber more than I like Bauer. For the value. For the value? I, I'm not saying that the ceiling is a quite lot, A there, lot needs to happen for me to say that. But here's the thing. Kluber is coming off. It's the exact effect on either side. Kluber is coming off a year, a shortened year, and a year prior that he's he was injured. He didn't right. suck. He I, was I'm injured. Gonna... Hey, hold on. No. He was injured. <laughs> he didn't suck. He was injured and his value tanked. Yes. Bauer is the exact opposite. So it's almost an illusion on both sides. Bauer's value has inflated because of it. He had won Cy Young in a shortened year. Congrats, dude. Like you're a great pitcher. I know Bauer is good. But his price tag is so high because of it. And I think right. I, I'm saying I think the production level and the potential for both pitchers in 2021 is a lot closer than people think because it's a one year removed from uh, I don't know. I think you know what that, I'm trying to say though. I know you're trying to say but I think that's a it's a bit of a stretch. I don't a, think I believe it big, but it's a very big stretch. I'm just saying the gap between the two is a little bit less than we think it is because you're, of the you're illusion asking of 2020. For, you're asking for a young guy who's on the rise who just had his best season ever. And then you're asking for a guy who has had his best season ever and is hoping for a bounce back. Those two things aren't really in the same ballpark in terms of 
production level at, at the at the core of it. Like you could say, oh yeah, if this happens, then maybe, then yes, maybe that can be true. But that's a big if, and a lot needs to happen. And I think that what you're saying is, I hope you're saying this, but like I know you're saying that you're not just saying Trevor Bauer for Kluber. I'd rather have Kluber over Bauer because no. if we're just saying one on one. I'm going to take Bauer, but no, I'm saying if, value if, and the, if I'm going to make a deal for a player. Yeah, if we get if we resign Lemayhew, if we make a couple other moves, we you know spend the money elsewhere and then pick up Kluber as a value pick. I'm totally cool with that. I think he brings experience to the table. I think him and Cole can go back and forth and learn from each other for sure. I think Kluber can teach the young guys, like you mentioned. And I think it's a low-risk, high-reward situation. If it doesn't pan out, cool, whatever. You get some experience, you get some knowledge to the younger guys. Like, I don't think there's too much risk in picking a guy up like that. No, and I, and also, I, I've, I've grown to think that the Bauer situation, as much as he's been trolling the rest of Yankee land, and he woke up the other day and he said, Hey, Halos fans, where you at? Are you up? Or he sent a you up text to them on Twitter. I don't think that he's... I mean, he, he's riding this out. I mean, he's just been milking it like crazy. I don't even know. I do want him. I would love to have him, but I think it'd become at a high price tag. And I know they're trying to, to penny pinch a little bit, so I don't I don't see it. But I'm not, here's the thing. He's a... I'm not expecting him to he's be. He's almost like a... He's almost a... I don't know. He's almost like a high-risk, high-reward. Like, he could just shit the bed in New York. Like, no, like nobody knows. Like... You, he you're, is you're coming kind of, from Cincinnati, which is a low market team, exactly like, like Sunday Gracious all over he, again. He was in, uh, I mean, he did play in Cleveland, so that's exactly what Kluber did. Too, yeah, so. the other thing though is that he's <laughs> only he's only looking for a one year deal too, so it also is not much, that much of a risk if we're just going out for one season. Yeah, he was looking for a one year deal, and I think at the end of the day, we were talking about this before off the air. I think most he was coming in with a one year deal mentality before the season started. And I think that he's not the only one who's going to be getting one-year deals or short-year deals. Aside from a few people, because of the way last year happened and because of the way that uh, that teams are like financially, I don't yeah. think that it's a smart investment on teams' behalf to lock yourself into a large deal. I don't. That's not even what I'm saying. I think it's more so that they don't have the money to lock into a long-term deal now because of financial situations now and there's a new CBA coming up. I think a lot of teams are going to do shorter deals. And no, not the teams. I, I made a mistake. The players would rather take a shorter-term deal on themselves because they know the teams are strapped for cash. Yeah. And then you'll get the bigger bang for your buck when like fans are let in, the revenues go back up, and all that. Because if I'm Trevor Bauer, I know I wanted a one-year deal before this, this season started. But if like if I'm a DJ LeMayhew, I know he wants a five-year deal, $100 million, they say. I might want less of a... If you're going to get five years, $100 mil, I might take that if I'm DJ. But if I'm a player like DJ or like somebody a little bit less of caliber than DJ, I may ask for something a little bit less years because i know everybody's strapped for cash and i know that next year my longer term salary when i'm a free agent is going to be much better than it is now this is the worst market for players that's why i'm saying i think players will need to you know play the long game yeah and it's almost like a a big it's almost like one big long season tryout for a lot of these guys because like like I get the whole one-year deal, but, like, what if Trevor Bauer just shits the bed next year? 
and then nobody wants him, and he's fucking. I don't know that he'll shoot the bench. He's a good I'm pitcher. Just saying, Bing, what do you think? I'm not saying that, but I think it matters for the guys like Trevor Bauer. People of that caliber, it doesn't matter if every team went bankrupt. He would, I mean, not actually bankrupt, but you know what I mean. For a guy of that caliber, people are still going to shell out the money. But for the uh, for the other guys, you know, the Marcus Simeons and Andrelton Simmons and shit like that, I think you guys are absolutely right. Um, as far as Kluber goes, uh, I think he has, I guess, rather than a high ceiling, I'd say he has a high floor. Um, I mean, if he comes back and is even, like you said, a shell of himself before, I, I mean, that adds so much value to a pitching staff that is so inconsistent. So. Yeah, I, he he brings the pedigree. He brings just like that, like you said, consistency. Like he has been to hell and back as a pitcher. He he knows the ins and outs of the MLB, and that's what you want in a pitcher. We have such an inexperienced pitching staff in guys like who who would you take in a game? Like well, let's just paint the picture. Game seven, game seven is obviously Miguel Cole. The game six. Right now, a game that yeah. matters. A game that matters in the playoffs. Who would you rather have? Jordan Montgomery or Corey Kluber? Probably Corey Kluber. Probably Corey Kluber? Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind. A million times Dude, he over hasn't and twice years. on Sunday, Corey Kluber. I don't even care. I don't care because I know I've seen the guy pitch before, and I know I what know. he brings to the I table. I think that's a little If he's little healthy, far-fetched. that's all that matters. That's the biggest question mark. Yeah, if he's healthy. Yeah, if he's healthy and he comes back out there and he's throwing perfectly fine, yeah, I'd, I'd take him. But it's just there's so many moving parts to it. And I hope he's healthy and hope he's getting because I think he'd be a great asset to the team. But there's just so many different factors. That's why I think a low deal is a great value pick. Leave it at that. Yeah. So uh, one thing to round out that pitching situation because uh, William Fleach, I don't know, MLB columnist, says the Yankees have the best chance to sign 2020 National League Cy Young Award winner Trevor Bauer this offseason. He ranks it as Yankees, Red Sox number two, interesting, Dodgers three, Reds, Padres, Angels, Twins, Mets, Phillies. I'm not going to read too deeply into that, but one quick thing. If he goes on this entire fucking showboat, type thing and calling out all these teams and going to all these meetings and saying like hey where are my Angels fans out where are my Yankees fans out and then re-signs with the Reds I'm gonna lose my shit yeah I think that's the one scenario where I where I flag him as a like as a loser you just, I, want, you just want all the attention in the world look at me all the attention and then I'm just gonna go sign no, the he, same fucking here's team here's the thing I get what he's doing when he when he says shit like that like oh you up I Angels get fans. it no because it's funny you no know, because like I said before the market for players is so small right now that he's trying to drum up every last drop of it, and I and I respect that out of him. 100 percent. But if he goes back to the Reds, fuck him. Yeah. If he goes anywhere else, <laughs> then yeah, go for it. Like enjoy your ride, enjoy your like. This is your time. Like, there's very few chances you're gonna be able to do that again unless you come back and have another side young year and go look for another team. Yeah. Like, I don't know who Will Leach is, but he works at MLB. Uh, I hope he's right. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Like, again, it's not my pockets. If I'm the Yankees, I don't give a shit. I'd rather spend the money and go after go after Trevor Bauer, no problem. Yeah. But it's just what my it's expectation is. Still get, you look at teams like the Phillies right now who are literally trying to get rid of Zach Wheeler because they just are so broke. Yeah. And they're not like a ridiculously small market. They're they're Philadelphia. Philadelphia's a city. Like they have money. Philadelphia's a city. <laughs> they they got the cash. They got good fans. People go to the games. They're not Miami. Like they don't just they have a good attendance to their games. Yeah. Like and they're like 
bankrupt, it seems. Like, the, the way they're portraying it is they're bankrupt. Yeah. And, and they're trying to get rid of – and I saw reports, too, that they had to clarify that they're not trading Bryce Harper. Like, that, they, the fact that you had to clarify that, yeah. uh, that is something to me. And, like, they're trying to get rid of Zach Wheeler. And why don't we, why don't we uh, pivot into that? Would you guys like to see the Yankees go after a guy like Zach Wheeler? Bing, start uh, us off. Damon, shut up. Um, no. I think the price tag's too high. It's going to be inflated because he's got that big contract. He just got to Philly. I think he had a decent year, but, I mean, what did he do with the Mets? He didn't do anything for four or five years. I know he was hurt, and he kind of had, like, you know, a little late start there, but uh, uh, I could live without him. Not for the price tag. I don't think it's going to happen anyway because I, I think the owner or somebody in the Phillies organization came out and said he wouldn't trade uh, trade Wheeler for Babe Ruth. So <laughs> He said that? <laughs> Yeah, those are his words. So I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm not too concerned about it, but I, yeah. I can't see a scenario. And I mean, barring them just blowing my mind and them really trying to shed salary, where I liked that trade. Well, I think that I think that statement changes when you go bankrupt because clearly, I think they're going bankrupt, and I think they'll. I, I, I kind of disagree. I think that they not disagree with the fact that I I would like Wheeler. I don't think he doesn't really move my needle much, but. I don't think that the price tag is going to be super high. I know but his price tag, his salary is enormous because he just signed a big deal with the Phillies. But I don't. Th- I think that adds to the fact that the price tag won't be high. I think because his salary is so big per year and you're taking on this contract, they may even pay for some of it because they're trying to get rid of this contract and just save some money if they can. And also... Well, he had the best year of his career. Also, you're, But also you're bankrupt, too. Like you're bankrupt... Oh. And when I say if you're bankrupt, you go through bankruptcy, chapter 11 bankruptcy, newly minted CPA, I know this stuff. Like you go through that stuff, you pay you. You're not getting your you're not getting fair market value back. You're getting nothing back. You're getting the book value. You're getting the dog shit back for your assets. And he is worth nothing in that sense, because if you're trying to if you're trying to sell, you sell him for what you can. And and you because you don't have another option. Everybody looks at you as somebody who needs to get rid of this person. That's it. Yeah. So I think well, the I think the price tag actually will be very low, and it is coming me, off a good year though. Let me clarify on the price tag. I mean price tag relative to what he's worth, because he's coming off his career year, and you know if he would came on the market, the big shock factor, everything like that. I feel like I I guess I just value him low. I mean that is like but, the tag is too high relative to his value. He's not a free agent though, right? He's no, no, no they're looking to trade him. I w- I wouldn't I wouldn't trade for him. Like, he didn't interest me when he was a free agent. He yeah. doesn't interest me now. Like, if but, he, if it was a cheap or you know inexpensive, ow, you if we can pat. give up like Miguel Andujar for him, yeah, fine. But yeah, but I'm not going to trade away. Anything that? No, I'm not going to trade yeah. away anybody special or prospects for Zach Wheeler. Okay, so we leave it at that. Miguel yeah. Andujar or a bust. Next on our list, a big guy that I've been naming, James McCann. He reportedly, the Mets are. A, apparently going for it all with him. They want James McCann over JT Romuto, mm-hmm. which, before we even get into that, let's talk a little Mets right now. Dude, are they going to be scary in as little as next year? Because be I, I've, I've fully gotten past the fact that they're, I know, they're here to play. They're here to play ball. This new owner is here to play ball. And I'm not going to say... 
that I'm not excited. I'm ex- I I like it. Yeah. I love it. I, 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 I know I love making fun of the Mets being a laughing stock, but you know how fucking lit a Subway Series World Series? I know it, it's happened before, but like while we're here in New York City, like New York City would light on fire for good reasons, not the past reasons in the past year. <laughs> it's yeah. literally been lighting on fire. But like this would be so cool to have a Subway Series World Series. New York would be the place to be. Like, th- there's nothing like that in sports that would happen. Like, when does that ever happen? Because we're on opposing sides. Like, it just doesn't happen like that. It'd be like a Buffalo yeah. Giants Super Bowl, but that doesn't. Nobody fucking cares about that. That's the next closest thing. <laughs> or a Jets Giants Super Bowl. I, I intentionally left that off. That hurts, man. <laughs> no, no, I think that'd be all. I mean, like, I'm... I think they're here to play. I've never been a Met hater. Like, I think I've, I like I, to see the Mets... I have been a Met hater. No, I've never hated the Mets. I, I've never paid attention to them because I've always been just, like, whatever. But they can come out... They, they've proven in the past they can just come out and just, like, produce a World Series team. Like, when were they World Series last? That, was, that wasn't that long ago. It wasn't too long ago. I don't remember what year that was, but it was, it was like, 2014, 15, 14? Against the Royals. Yeah. Royals, right? What year was that? 2015. Ah, I said 14. But anyway. Like, ah! <laughs> like, that wasn't that long ago. And they can just kind of produce. That was like a cheeky team that just came out of nowhere. And I was like, fuck, the Mets from the World Series? Like, you just had no idea. And that could potentially happen. They had the they had the pieces. I mean, listen, they sound like they're going after all of it. Like, yeah. the top, you see the top free agents. Everybody sees the list. It sounds like they're in on all of them. Yeah. It sounds like they're in, and in my eyes, since they're not going after JT Wamuto, that means they're looking to spend money elsewhere. And honestly, like more power to them. They're not going after, and this isn't a Mets podcast. This is in Boys of like, uh, what's the Queens? I don't know. I, know, I was gonna say I know Queens. <laughs> I was like, I was trying to think of the subway station. I don't know. That was, like, next, if we were, if we were what we are, yet, I don't if know we were what we are. But we wanted to be a Mets podcast because we were Mets fans. When we grew I, up, we'd I be guess. like, we'd be the boys of Next to Laguardia. I don't know. Like. Next to Laguardia, boys of Shits Creek. Like, no, no, they're uh, good show by the way. Uh, good one. Give it a chance, honestly. If you haven't watched Shits Creek, it's a good show. Seems like it would be a bad show, but it's a good show. Um, Mets. No, it's it's uh, the seven line. Seven line. Boy, yeah. the, the seven line podcast, we probably call it. Yeah. I think that's a thing. It's probably. If it's not, then we should just start thing. one. And- I don't want to do that. <laughs> Either way, I, I think they're going for it all, and I don't want to talk too much more about the Mets. And I, I just I think it ties in because I, I do see them getting a guy like Bauer if they're, if they're not going after JT Ramuto, which another thing, I do respect that they – aren't going after JT because they see the value in James McCann. And, yeah. that, and that tells me that the front officer, this new owner, is smart. He's not dumb. He's not just throwing money out there, which For I expected. Yeah. I expected him to just be like, you, you, and you. You're the highest paid on the market. You're like, I'm going to take you guys. That's it. He's yeah. not going after guys that he doesn't want. He's he's going... It, it, it looks good. It, it, from afar, it seems like a good fit, a good owner, and I, I think they'll be good. I think... Depending on how free agency goes this year, I think they could be a playoff team next year. I know, obviously, that division is is a crapshoot, but I think they could. That Depending on how this free agency goes, mark my words, I think they are the favorite going into next year if they have a good free agency, which I expect them to have. I don't know, man. From the early looks of it, winter meetings is about to start. I I think they're a big player in winter meetings for sure. Guys like Springer, guys like Bauer, guys like McCann, guys, all those guys. I think they're in on all those guys, and then... 
every other guy. Like, I'll tell you what. If thing, they're in on those makes, guys, they're in on everybody else too. So it, it definitely makes the division a whole lot more interesting because yeah, Braves better watch the back. Braves are only getting better. The Mets are we're talking about them on the horizon. Phillies, you never Phillies are bankrupt. You know, Phillies never know. They Phillies can, are bankrupt. Yeah, they're probably going to be good. Nats and, were the worst team ever yeah, last year. Yeah, the Nats drawn a decline. And Marlins actually are low-key good. So yeah. if the Mets have a good offseason, I'd put them as a favorite. That is enough Mets talk for us today. Let's get into the Geo news. Not yeah. the best news. Not not the worst news, but not the best news. According to Brian Hoke, Gio Urshela was examined by Yankees doctors after the season, but surgery was not recommended then because he was not displaying any symptoms. Uh, with a three-month recovery, Urshela is expected to be ready for opening day, though he'd likely get a late start to spring training. I didn't even what was, know. What was wrong with him again? I... Bone spur in the elbow. The bone spur? Yeah. I didn't even know he was injured at all. Like, this was... Yeah. Straight up out of the fucking woods well, to me. I he missed a couple weeks. That same thing towards the end of the season. I think it's that same injury just kind of flaring up. I don't know. I, I mean, I, like bone injuries from my from what I've heard, and I've had a couple. I know a couple people who've had bone surgeries, like within the baseball world. Like, there's just like the hand ham bones. A famous is like a not famous, but a pretty common injury. That uh, it's like a bone wraps around your hand and it gets removed because you don't really need it. But like bone kind of injuries like that, or like it's really small, they're not super, super, super serious. And if it's treated correctly, then like it's pretty tough. It's a pretty standard physical therapist. I know, I'm no, I'm saying like from what I've, I'm not saying I know anything, I'm just saying from what I've heard. Injuries like this are not the most like you know let's worry Johnson. about it. It's not fucking Tommy John surgery. Like it's no, something that's and, something and that's easily the looks of it, it sounds back. like it's not a big deal at all. And that's a huge ask for the Yankees to have an injury handled correctly too. So factor that in. I know that's exactly what it was. That, that's all I'm thinking about too because this was a non-injury to me, and now it's an injury. So now I'm thinking with the worst because I've never seen a Yankee injury that has been. That has gone smoothly. So he went from a fully healthy Yankee to a 0% healthy Yankee to me because of the way they treat it. And that, I mean, take that with how you will. It seems like he'll be ready for opening day. The way the Yankees have been playing the last couple of years, I expect him to be ready after the All-Star break. Yeah. I know. I expect, <laughs> Am I wrong? I expect Miguel Duhar to be the starting third baseman. And like that... He was he was a left fielder. He was he was playing rover on the softball team. <laughs> he was across the street. He was in, he was playing beer league basically. And now he's yeah. going to be the starting third baseman because Gio's probably going to be hurt. And yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm not. This isn't my job to be like the the guy to talk everybody off the ledge because I'm a I'm a realist. I'm not just because we have a podcast doesn't mean that we're going to be like everything's going to be fine. Yeah, I'm going to tell you like it is. And like you probably already know, he's probably going to be like, he's probably hurt. Yeah, he's probably also hurt. because they don't tell us shit. Yeah, like what do I know that you guys don't? Like all the listeners don't know. Everybody knows the same thing. I'm just reacting to it. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be and a- and everybody has seen the same shit. And he's probably hurt. He's probably. I, I didn't even know he was fucking hurt. <laughs> like, where did this what come the out? Fucking Aaron judges you. We have, we still know what's wrong with Aaron him. Judge. Looks great. He yeah. hit off a tee today. Oh, that right, was hit sick. off a tee. He was Fantastic. hitting the deep. He's ready for the speaking of which, speaking of Aaron Judge, wait, what, what did he say, Chandler? What did he say? He said, uh, "What?" 
Yeah, he recently said like uh, I expect like f- like one sixty two is across the board like for the next couple of years. Like he's expecting uh, not verbatim. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Uh, I don't know the words. Not exactly. verbatim, but he was basically saying like I'm going to be healthy for the rest of my career. Yeah, I'm pretty well, sure. Way to fucking jinx it. Uh, I didn't jinx it. No, not you. Him. Twitter. I don't know. I could be wrong. I mean, it's good to be confident, but I mean. You ever heard of a jinx? <laughs> I mean, you have. I mean, I love the guy. I'm a big Aaron Judge guy. There's, there's jinxing it, and there's literally there's, wishing your career away. <laughs> no, there's jinxing it, and there's blind, like, what are you talking about? Confidence in, like, there is no track record to believe in this. What makes you think that you're going to be healthy for the rest of your career? And I've been a big defender of Aaron Judge in the past. Him as well as Sten, who is basically the same conversation, and. It's just like, I hope, I hope he does. I just don't see it. I, I, and I've been one person who has always said that he has had very weird injuries that aren't being injury prone. But this year, kind of short season again. But like he couldn't play a full sixty games, yeah. like that. That to me, and it wasn't like the getting hit in the wrist. Like it was abdominal stuff, and it's that that's injury prone. And we're st- I'm not, I wouldn't say he's injury prone just yet. I think one more ab injury and he's fully yeah. like stamped as injury prone. I don't yeah, but we're, we're, I think we're very damn close to to calling him injury prone and I think for you to say you're gonna be healthy for the rest of your career is is you a no little bit of a reach. You have no control over that. And I don't know who you are. Just, I'd rather hear from your doctor, be like, How is he? Yeah. How, is, how is he like is is this possible? <laughs> is this actually hey, doc, fe- talk is this me. actually feasible? Like is yeah. he look good? Because we never know how they look. Is it health it's is, like I, I expect every Yankees player to be at like twenty five percent health. Yeah. If it was like doctor Because I know because like, uh, they don't tell us anything. Yeah. So I expect everybody is like nowhere Clint is still concussed all the time. I I th- I think <laughs> Gio has Two bone contusions, bone spurs on both feet for when he uh, hit foul balls into both legs in the same at bat. Um, <laughs> what else? Gary has a perpetual groin injury. Judge's abs are hurt and his wrist is never going to heal. Stanton, everything. <laughs> it's just a, a two week injury hiatus for him, no matter what. Talkman, Talkman's good. Talkman, yeah, he, he has one injury. I think that's it. But that's enough out of that. Um, yeah, I, I am just a little concerned about about Gio because I just straight up didn't. I thought he was fully healthy, and now I now I'm just up in the air. But let's talk a little bit about DJ because DJ earlier this week his his agent is reportedly seeking five year one hundred million dollar contract for the client. DJ Lemayhu is the client. Um, he sign the man. No, no, here's the thing. So we have that report earlier this week. Before that, we hear that he's a top priority for the Yankees. DJ says he wants to come back to New York. I know we haven't talked about DJ a lot because he's like, what is it? It's just hearsay if we just say shit like that. But he posted shit on his story today. Hit him with Aaron Judge. He's hitting with Aaron Judge. And then Judge reposts it. What is that? What does that mean? I think it. I, I, I'm not one to say that things means mean things. But that means something. I think that means something. He it said, can't mean nothing. What is he? What did he say? I'm gonna pull it back up. I'm but you, go back. you can't. I mean, I'm gonna pull it up. Hold on. If you're DJ Lemayhew in that situation, and okay, he, he put it on his story earlier today. I don't know what time it was. 
and he said heavy bat work at Aaron Judge, and he had Aaron Judge's bat, and then Judge posted it, and it was like the fire emojis. But listen, I mean, he's a Yankee, right? If you're, like, they if, have a deal. I think, I think are, that means he's signed, right? If you are DJ Mayhew and you post that without confidence, you're going to be a Yankee. You're just, you are just asking to be ridiculed by the Yankee community. Well, also, DJ doesn't like post on social no, he media doesn't, he doesn't at all. Exist on so, social like media. that he's to me robot. is like that's to me like that's him saying, like, "Hey, it's yeah. all but final." <laughs> like, that, that's but how like, I see it. <laughs> Right? Like if you're him, how, right? do you, how do you post that? He has and, nine uh, posts on his Instagram. He has nine posts on his Instagram. He, he has and he to chose to put them. a story up of him. Like he he's not just throwing shit up there. He's not just throwing ever. He's not just throwing posts up randomly. He's thinking through this stuff. Bro, his last post is March 26th. It said, stay safe and see you at the park soon. Hashtag opening day at home. He doesn't do social media. His post before that was him at a hockey game. <laughs> In 2019, it's two years like this, ago. This means something. It I, has to. Anybody else? Anybody else who uses social media that isn't a robot like DJ LeMayu? I'd be like, okay, whatever. Like, the, like Trevor Bauer is literally saying, "Hey, Halos fans, what up?" Like that. They're trolling. Like they they don't mean it. I mean nothing. DJ LeMayu doesn't do that. DJ LeMayu literally his I last post was before that. this the COVID season got delayed. To, like, opening day at home is what his last post was. And he said, stay safe. It was a very wholesome post. It was just a picture of him yeah. from Google. And he like posted this. What, this is probably, he, probably <laughs> just, he probably figured out what his story was this morning. And he's yeah. like, hey. Hey, Judge, how do I post this? <laughs> I'm going to be a Yankee. I, th- I actually do believe that this is all but final. I think, I think this. That story confirmed it. Lock it in to me. Anybody else post that story? I don't think so. Like, Corey Kluber is basically... If Corey Kluber said, I'm on the Yankees, I'm more skeptical than I am now with that DJ LeMahieu amb- ambiguous post. It's a tall order, but I agree. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what else do you think about that? If you... Jello, Bing, what do you think? Um, yeah, no. I mean, I don't am think... I, am ever... I crazy? You're or not crazy. a Yankee? Well, okay. Well, the only flip side of that is I saw a tweet today from Dan Federico. Don't know who that is, but I don't know how I got on my feed, but it was first tidbit from the... Stop ver- clicking your pen. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, the Yankees have DJ as their priority, blah, blah, blah. It's far from a slam dunk. DJ wants five to six years. The Yankees are holding up like steady at four, which is fucking stupid. I mean, if that is... The- I, I, I'm done with the contract talks, though. I'm not going to talk about that. It seems like it's done. It seems like it's done. It seems like it's done. I agree. I think it's done. I think, And I think people we asked for DMs this episode, I think there's your answer. I think that's my reaction to his story today. Everybody saw it. Like we said, the guy hasn't posted. Like, put on the green screen right now his last post. Like, it's this. It's DJ just doing his thing. On the field, stay safe, everybody. Is the caption? It's right here. Like it's just like I don't see any other way that he would do that. I don't even think he would post anything on social media if he wasn't a Yankee. Pretty sure he had to re-download Instagram just to post that. So for sure, for sure. So DJ Lemay, he was a Yankee. You heard it here first. Breaking news. I wish I had a breaking news button. So the long-awaited Gary Sanchez talk. Before we end this episode, I mean, before we end this episode, this is going to be about a 20-minute rant. 
This is going to end the episode, but it's going to be 20 uh, minutes. <laughs> for those of you who have stayed till now, you are uh, like parental warning advisory. If you if you are a Gary Sanchez supporter, just go ahead and lock your phone. Just end it now. Like this is not the place for you because this is not going to be a place where we're going to talk well of Gary Sanchez. And and honestly, before I get started on this rant, because I don't want any interruptions out of you, I've been I've been thinking about this all day long. We posted that one meme. Of like, oh, Gary Sanchez. Are you sorry now? What? No, not yet. I'm just like opening the floor for myself. It's just, you know what got me going? What's that? I I didn't want to talk about Gary Sanchez. I never want to talk about Everybody who is listening to this podcast, who is a active listener to this podcast, knows that I do not like Gary Sanchez. I did like Gary Sanchez, but he has been bad for three years, and that's why I do not like Gary Sanchez. I didn't want to bring it back up because I thought I'd put it to rest. And this is going to be the last time I talk about Gary Sanchez. This is going to be the last time until, like I said to you to before, Damon, I am after this rant, never saying the word Gary Sanchez from my mouth until he gets above a 250 batting average ever in his career. And until then, even if we're sitting in a podcast and you guys ask me about Gary, I'm just going to, I'm just going to not say his name. I'll talk about something else. I'll just divert the conversation to something else. That's going to be how it is for now because that's how done I am with this motherfucker. And the reason why I have to bring it up because people have been DMing the account because I put that meme up and it was somebody looking. It was that meme of the guy looking. He's with his girl here and the girl was Gary batting 147 in 2020 and he's looking over at uh, the Dominican League home runs and it's just like people... Loved it. Like that was a good post, but a few people who are the Gary supporters commented and DM'd us and said like Fairweather fans, like fake Yankees account. And let me tell you, before I get into the rant again. You're not into it yet? Not yet. Okay. From the top rope, Luke Rella, I killed a man today. There were <laughs> there was a murder in Savannah. Office reference. I <laughs> This guy, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say his name for those of you who are listening. Don't say his name. Let's put this guy on blast. He didn't respond to me because I just. Put... Oh, he did respond to me. <laughs> James Witty. Oh, guy. how the turntables. He said, "Bad fans, fairweather fans, disappointing account." So then I went in and I said a lot of things that I'm about to get into, but it's just crazy to me that there are support. Gary Sanchez to me, I liked the guy. I really did. This is the star of the rant. Yes. Okay. I liked the guy. I really did. But he hasn't done anything since 2017. The last time Gary Sanchez was good. <laughs> do, you want, do you want to hear the last things about... Uh, before I get into the numbers, the last time Gary Sanchez was actually good, and I can prove the numbers, the Patriots came back and beat the Falcons after being down 28-3. to <laughs> Snapchat IPO'd. <laughs> Trump got inaugurated. Which that's that's four years ago, to give you a reference. J Lo and A Rod started dating. Uh, everybody lost their shit about Salt Bay. <laughs> that was, so that happened. Fidget spinners were the coolest thing ever. Fidget spinners were cool. Kaepernick was still in the NFL. Harambe, that thing happened. R.I.P. Pokemon Go was ruining everybody's lives and taking over social lives. Batman vs. Superman came out in, in the theaters. Best movie. Awful movie. Awful movie. Britney Spears was still making music. 
Peyton Manning and Megatron just retired. That's the last time Gary Sanchez was good at baseball. So let me get into the numbers to actually tell you why Gary Sanchez has been bad since then. And let me tell you before, again, I'm still kind of in the rant, kind of not. I mean, get into the rant, get into it. I am, I'm I either... am. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because everybody's freaking out about these Dominican League home runs where he hit a home run against Alexis Candelario, who is this guy. Put, <laughs> I put my face on his body right now, like I, in the clip I'm saying right now. Alexis Candelario is this guy, and he's 38 years old, never pitched in the majors before, and I haven't looked up the other guys since then, but he hit another home run. And like it was a three zero fastball. Like congrats, you don't run off a reject who hasn't ever pitched in the majors off eighty four miles per hour you see the other fastball home run down he hit? the dick. It, they're all fastballs down the dick. No, the, miles the other per home run he hit was a changeup that started at his chest and then dropped right down the dick, and then he he hit it four hundred feet. But like, like I could do that. I, I I say that a lot. Like oh I could do that. Like oh what a joke. Like I could actually do that. Any three, player it was in the major league could do you that. You know you're getting a fastball. You're in the Dominican League. Nobody has played baseball other than you. Bless you. It was a yawn because I'm just done with this, but I got to get going. Let's go, Luke. So, Alexis Candelario, can't even say his name, garbage. I, I just didn't get why everybody freaked out that he is back. Like, I, and I hope. Can I, can I say no, one thing before And I hope this? that everybody isn't serious about that. And one thing I do th- I do understand about this Gary situation, for those that are rational-minded, is that it isn't something that he is doing well, but is something that he's not doing poorly. Because then it would be something completely, had he be continuing to strike out, which he did strike out a few times, so I'm not going to get into that. And if he had been going over in this league... Then it's something, which I do recognize that it's not that, which is not like the best thing in the world that I have to be like, okay, congrats, Gary. Like you didn't go 0 for 12 in the Dominican League. So I'm just saying it would have been something had he gone 0 for 11 in this league. So congrats. Right. Like that's a golf clap for Gary. Yeah. My, my, <laughs> like you're not a mock. My biggest, mockery. my biggest issue with the, the, the people who, are like outright just supporting this guy. It's because they're the same people who have been shitting on him throughout the entire season and then of last season as well. If you tell me that you didn't talk shit about Gary Sanchez and you were supporting him since, you know, the whole year 2020 and the whole year 2019, you said you supported him this entire time, you're full of shit. There's not one Yankee fan who was 100% behind Gary Sanchez since 2019. It's impossible. It is actually impossible. If you've never said one bad thing about this man, that's impossible. Because I've said countless bad things about this guy. Because he, he's so inconsistent. And that's what, gets me, that's what gets me so frustrated. Because everyone is like, oh, he's back. Oh, my God, we missed him. Oh, my God, this, this, and that. It's just, it's, we've been saying that thing for four years years now four fucking years four Trump got inaugurated years last time Gary was good I told you that before like Trump's that, out of the office that now like, to me politics is aside I'm bringing that up so... for, for a time frame like that's the last time Gary Sanchez was like 
oh wow, scary Gary. Like that's what he's up at the that like, is that's so how bad baffling he, he's to me. been. So let me get into the numbers a little bit. In the last, because okay, Gary Sanchez was great in 2017. Yeah, do not get like, me wrong. Oh, yeah, Gary Sanchez was awesome. Like yeah. I love, and I I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I liked Gary Sanchez then, and like I said to start this episode, or to start this rant, which hasn't started yet. Jeez, I. If Gary said like a lot of people have been like coming back at us like, oh like I'll come back to this when Gary Sanchez does well like oh you guys will be sucking his dick like I hope he does I, well I'm not hoping he does bad I just from what I have seen in the last three years he has been garbage so okay let me get into the numbers and then I'll talk about this after in 2018 2019 2020 Gary Sanchez has played a total of 200, 241 games excuse me I'm a little bit drunk. <laughs> He's played 241 games. He's had 862 at-bats with a grand total. I did a little math here, too. So since, obviously, I don't want to count 2020 for what it's worth because it's just a shortened season. So I did a weighted average of all of the three years because I want to evenly distribute the batting averages across where they belong. So I did a weighted average of all of them, and the weighted average batting average for the last three years is 202. Mendoza is what that he's been. That is Mendoza. It's Mendoza. Which is named after a guy who sucked. <laughs> I mean, two, you don't even need to say that. 202 is bad. So his weighted average batting average for the last three years is 202. His actual batting average for three years is less than that. I helped him by saying that the 147 of last year doesn't count as much. So 202 weighted average batting average. Congrats, Gary. You're a little bit better than you actually are in the record books. He has hit 18 home runs, 34 home runs. A lot of people say that 2019 was like a pretty good year, and it wasn't horrible. When you look at the numbers, it wasn't the worst, but it wasn't good by any stretch of the imagination. He was still very much home runner bust. He struck out 125 times, which is, like, the worst in the league. He was in the top 98th percentile in strikeouts. I mean, it's more than one a game. Yeah. Because considering he only played 106 games. Yeah. He averaged, over the last three years, only two... He averaged only 20 home runs per game, per season. I mean. But you think about this, though. 20 home runs per season for a home run or bust hitter is not good. But even, even in his 2019 season, he has 34 home runs and 77 RBIs. I guarantee you, like, 70% of his RBIs were all home runs. Okay, when you look at the weighted runs created plus, which is an advanced metric, basically it puts you on a scale of the average hitter versus the rest of the league if you're 100 weighted runs created plus you are deemed average and below that and above that etc so i did the weighted average again of the last three years he was 96 116 and 69 in the last three years the weighted average of those three for the games played 99.3 he is a he is a league average offensive threat based on an advanced metric like this which a lot of people had came at me and be like oh like oh does batting average the only thing that matters like no weighted runs created plus is one of the best offensive metrics of a player in terms of gauging how they produce runs and do everything across the board in terms of in comparison to other people in the league and he is deemed literally at league average again for an offensive player a guy who pulls his value from his offense League average is not what you want because I haven't even gotten into the defensive stuff. The defensive <laughs> stuff in the last four years, I went back four years 
because even in his best year, he led the league in pass balls, and people thought, oh, he's getting better at pass balls. He wasn't the worst in the league because he was the, he had 13 errors committed and 16 pass balls in 2017. First in the league, first in the league. First is not the one you want to be. First is the worst. In 2018, he was six errors committed and 18 pass balls. So I'm going to go errors committed first. So errors committed, he was 13, first in the league. Six, fifth in the league. 15, first in the league. Six, first in the league. He led the league in pass balls and errors every year except for one in 2018, and he still led the league in pass balls. He is the worst defensive catcher on the planet. <laughs> and the reason why I bring... Obviously, I'm going to bring up the defensive metrics for a guy who's a catcher who can't catch. But when you're a league average hitter over the last three years, and that's where you bring your scary Gary value, like that's what you get your name from, and your defense is the worst in the league, and you are a league average hitter. When, when How you, bad are you? Like, like I, I just don't get... Why people are so on his train. People just don't look at the numbers. Like, I mean, the eye test is one thing. He looks like garbage out there. And then people, their defense is look at his numbers. Like, he's fine. He's, oh, whatever. 2019 wasn't so bad. But when you average them over the last three years, he's been literally a league average hitter and the worst defensive catcher in the league. So if, like, my point is, if you could take a above average defender or an average defender or not the 30th worst defender <laughs> at the catcher position who is a league average hitter fine like that is better than what Gary Sanchez has been that's all i'm saying because he is a league average hitter and the worst defender so take anybody else who can play catcher like Austin Romine like Kyle Higashioka and they are better for the team because of how bad he has been offensively and how horrific he's been defensively and to top it all off he is 10th in the american league not amongst catchers just amongst everybody in double plays grounded into because he's a slow pack of shit and then another thing just to harp on this a little more he's 11th all time among active players for pass balls people above him have an average of 14 seasons Gary has six, and he's already eleventh. He's he's already eleventh all time on the list of pass balls. Gary's literally one season, one full season away from being the fourth all time in pass balls because he averages fifteen pass balls a season. If one more full season happens and Gary Sanchez is a starter, he will be fourth all time among active players. The like I said, the average players that are on that list have eleven. Have what is it? Fourteen seasons. Crazy. The top of the list is Yadier Molina because he's played 17 years. And he, <laughs> and he would be third to Yadier Molina. He'd be very close to Yadi in seven years versus 17 years. It blows my mind. Most, most MLB teams, because the catcher position has been so slim, um, they go for defense. Like That is what MLB teams look for in a catcher. You want a defensive first catcher unless they hit the fucking shit out of the ball. And it looked like Gary was going to be one of those guys who just hit the crap out of the ball, and then we would deal with his defense later. But now he can't hit for shit. He's one of our worst hitters, and he is statistically the worst fielder at the catcher position. What are we talking about? Like, 
I I don't get it. Chandler, what are your thoughts? It's amazing to me the lengths that the like Bing! diehard very supportive <laughs> to continue to fucking put up with this. Like I saw one the other day. It was another one of his bullshit at bats in the Dominican League. It was like Gary found his oppo stroke. And it was a fucking bloop single in the four five hole. <laughs> <laughs> I know I saw that too, the RBI. Gary's finding his oppo stroke. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> An oppo stroke. That's I accidentally fucking hit one off the cap and got on base. Yeah, it, should, uh, it just is baffled. Yeah, and the right, stats, so stats prove it. I, I, I just want to add a couple more stats. So Gary, to me, like I was starting to look at the players who are known to like they're like known horrible hitters, like known horrible hitters. Okay. So Tyler Wade, since he's joined the Yankees, he's played three years. So the last three years, Tyler Wade, his batting average is, I did another weighted average. His batting average for the last three years is 198. Known horrible hitter. Like four points, known four horrible hitter. Than the same batting Gary average Sanchez. as Gary Sanchez, who is supposed to be an offensive weapon and in their eyes of everybody in the league is some god sent from heaven. And it's just like, Oh, I'm the best. Like I'm Gary's. I'm scary Gary. Like that to me. Like Tyler Wade is. Like we run the Tyler Wade fan club. Yes, we do. We love the we guy. Know he's a shit hitter, and everybody knows he's a shit hitter. With that being said, if you have the same batting average as a guy like Tyler Wade over the last three years, pick it up. And you're a starter. Not even pick it up. Like, I, if you can't pick it up, whatever. Just don't give the guy credit that he doesn't deserve. If like, you don't I've give Tyler seen, Wade credit, don't give Gary Sanchez credit. on the Yankees that has had so much credit given to him or so much blind love. For doing nothing. For, so much blind love for no reason. Like, I don't Stan gets more heat. The Yankees, are, like, Yankees fans are so critical. We're supposed to be so tough on the players. It's such a tough market to play in. And people... Get like everybody gets like such like like, know, like Sonny Gray comes over. Everybody's hypercritical of him. Whatever Stanton comes over, he still produces, and see, people say, "Oh, Stanton's been bad." Like this and that. They're hypercritical of people, but for whatever reason, people are just blind to Gary Sanchez because of a year that he was good at baseball when that was the like and the Patriots won the Super like, Bowl that year. That was four years ago. Like, I don't even like. He's not even a likable guy. This isn't Luke Voigt or Cameron Mabin. That's somebody's like, you know, he's cool. Somebody you want to hang reference. out. He's fucking Gary Sanchez. <laughs> like, he couldn't pay me to go have a beer with Gary Sanchez. No, it's like, yeah, it's not like Aaron Judge, who's like, like who, the he king can do of no New wrong. York. Yeah, like he, like Aaron Judge, and Aaron Judge gets more flack than Gary Sanchez. I think a lot of people are so that the reason why I felt the need to talk about this because I really, like I said, I'm not going to talk about it after this, so I'm getting it all out. All right, we'll see. The reason why I felt the need to talk about this is because everybody just seemingly loves the guy, and he's been worse than other players who have been better than he has, and he, for whatever reason, has such a love in New York that just, I do not get it. I do not get why he has such a blind love for no reason. I I don't know why people don't, like, for some reason, because of 2017, Everybody thinks Gary Sanchez will eventually come back. Like, we're going to be waiting until our graves, until Gary Sanchez comes back. And 
That's what people have been saying to me. Like, oh, come back. For, uh, they tagged at Freezing Cold Takes. This year's like, the year. Freezing Cold Takes. If Gary Sanchez does good next year, and I will not, I cannot stress this enough, I'm not rooting for Gary Sanchez to do bad. And if he does great, that doesn't make my take today wrong. We are just I'm looking at the numbers the in the last out. three years, and table. I'm saying Gary Sanders has been garbage for the last three years. If he does well tomorrow or the next day or the next year and he gets back to 2017 form in the next year, that doesn't make what I'm saying today wrong at all. So anybody who is saying that, oh, at Phrasing Cold Takes, like, you're, you're wrong because this is not a take. This is a fact. Like, he has been a league average hitter and the worst catcher in the league for the last three years. And yeah. an- another thing, a guy who people hate notoriously on the Yankees, Jacoby Ellsbury, when you look at the OPS plus of the two players, in the last three years of Jacoby Ellsbury's offensive career before the years that he didn't play baseball because he was injured for whatever reason, they didn't disclose his injury. Not his OPS plus. His weighted runs created plus was the exact same as Gary Sanchez, except his batting average was 264 on average versus 200. So a guy that everybody hates as the Yankee fans, rightfully so, because I hate Jacoby Ellsbury too, but a guy who is openly hated in the Yankee land is about the same offensively as Gary Sanchez, and Ellsbury was better defensively than Gary. So I, I just don't – that was a thing I brought in as just to say, like, why is there – this blind love for Gary and rightfully so hate for Ellsbury, but why is he, Gary not in the same? Like, why is Gary held so preciously? That's that's what I just don't get. Fuck. I got nothing else with that bottom. That was my rant. That's the end of the rant. That's the end of my TED talk, and that's enough out of me. And that's the last time I mentioned Gary Sanchez. Unless you guys have anything else to say about this fucking no, loser, I, I didn't talk about it enough. If we talk about it, gimmick, I have to slap you. Okay. So. Like I said, if he does well, awesome. If he doesn't, I knew it. One last thing I wanted to talk about before we end this episode. So the MLB today told people to, the MLB teams, to operate under the assumption of no universal DH in 2021. Are we just going backwards now? Like After they confirmed it? They confirmed it, and now it just seems like this is the most ridiculous thing. It seemed like everybody was like, oh, this would be a great thing to have in both leagues. Why, it, like, why I just don't is get it. that such a difficult decision? Make up your mind and let the teams know. Like, fuck assumptions. Like, just tell them yes or no. Wait, I, I don't get what's, what's the big deal. You're not. There's no logistics you need to figure out. Like, either you have a DH or you don't have a DH. What's there to figure out? Bing, what do you think? Uh, I'm kind of with you there. I mean, it seems pretty easy. Either do it or don't, but just fucking get it done. I mean, I don't know why you'd get rid of the only good rule that came from this COVID season. Yeah, Seriously. That's what I'm saying. It's like, it's like you're, you're taking the only rule that is achieved or switched by just changing the position. So like this you're is- not you're not making alternate sites. You're not making um, you know universal playoff fields. You're not doing a man on second changing the rules. You're literally just adding a position. No, so this is make not, a decision. But, and I'm very very pro DH universal DH, and that's just because I mean from age like 12 on you play with the DH. So why do it and then switch it when you get to the fucking pros? If you're that lucky, doesn't make sense to me. If you're gonna do no DH, do it the whole way growing up. 
but so I am in favor of it. I think it's fucking dumb that they're getting rid of it. I think it's even dumber that they can't figure out whether or not they can tell teams now. Why should, why are you assuming shit about next year? If you have to assume it, don't say anything about it at all. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know why they made it a rule if they were just going to take it back. And I thought we were all under the same assumption that it was going to continue into this year. And out of nowhere, Rob Manfred probably finds a way to fuck this up again. So, I don't know. It's just, I just thought I'd bring it up to you guys. I just thought it was another dumb move. By, like, it just it makes no sense to me because you, you'll probably see – that the MLB decides to adopt like the runner on second rule or the three batter minimum rule and all those things before they adopt the rational rule in the universal DH. And that would be as MLB as he gets. Honestly, yeah. I expect Rob Manfred to pull something dumb and add like a fucking travel ball EH. Like no DH, pitcher still bats. We just had a 10th hitter in the National League. Just something really stupid like that just to make everybody realize how much of a fucking idiot he is again. I wouldn't put it past him. I'm expecting something dumb here soon. I wouldn't put it past him. That is it from me. Unless you guys have anything to say. No. I think that ends my rant, my TED Talk. Long awaited. I was losing sleep over this. I don't get how people... Do you feel satisfied? No, because I don't think anybody who is a Gary Sanchez hater, I think they tuned out when I said parental advisory before it started. So, and... I think, honestly, the people who are supporting Gary at this point, they, they clearly aren't paying attention to anything. Well, they clearly aren't paying attention to anything, so anything anyway. I said hasn't changed shit. I hope he does well. I hope the best for him. He's going to be on the Yankees this year. So if he does well, I'm not going to be upset if he hits a home run like that. a lot of people think I am. If he hits a home run, I'm hyped. But I don't expect it. So that's it from me. Let's go, Yanks. See you later. All the guys at 161st Street, I just have two words for you. See ya. So cheers to us and why we had. Let's keep dancing on the broken glass. And all that's left is smoke and ash. So let's keep dancing on the broken glass. Cheers to us and why we had. Let's keep dancing on the broken glass. But we're useless Nobody does a tragedy like you and me Cause we're ruthless, cause we're ruthless, cause we're ruthless And the only thing we had in common with each other Was destroying everything we ever touched So cheers to us and why we had Let's keep dancing on the broad